Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. This week the Ds finally looked like the team we expected in the preseason, uh, smashing a woeful Gold Coast. Neats, are the Ds finally back on track? So, yes and no. I mean, I still think that we could have smashed them by way more, given that we had the world record for a number of inside 50s. I mean, it was crazy. So, And we're only up by, I think... 25 points in the third quarter? Yeah, that's exactly right. Late so for the, the number quarter. of entries we were getting, I mean, it is a little bit sort of, you know, not concerning is not the wrong, is the, is the wrong word. I guess we do need to convert a bit better. I mean, you know, we really could have beaten them by like 120 points or something with the number of entries we were given. Um, but obviously that didn't happen. So I think there's still a little bit of work to do on our goal kicking in particular. Um, but no, definitely, definitely very positive signs from the day. Well, I think one thing we were able to do, which we've struggled with early in the season, is just lock it in that forward line. Yeah. Um, and we looked like, you know, what teams like Hawthorne do, which just lock it in and make it impossible to get out of the defense. Yeah, absolutely. So there was a lot of pressure in the forward line as well, which I was really liking. Um, the one thing to keep in mind is, I mean, Gold Coast defense is a little bit shambolic, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they've got Stephen May, who's obviously a very good player, but I mean, the rest of their defense kind of looked like completely out of all sorts. So it's unclear sort of how much we can take away from that. And the truth is, we've played now three teams that are been in terrible form yeah. and missing key personnel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You look at um, Essendon, they didn't have players like Fantasia and Green, who I think are pretty crucial to I mean, I line. don't think that that's really like make or I break think they're for their important. team. And they had Danaher, who is partly injured, partly out of form. Right. This week, no Lynch. Clearly the best player for Gold Clearly, Coast. yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and then when we were against... I mean, when we were against the Saints, I don't think there were that many key outs. I mean, Stephen was playing. But, just yeah. Just horribly out of form. Just horribly out of form. We're, we're playing all teams which are, you know, probably in the worst form out of the entire... All the teams in the competition. Exactly. So I think we need to be a little bit cautious. There's a little bit of like, well, we're sixth on the ladder. We're ahead of teams like Sydney. We must be cruising. And I don't think that's really right. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that, to be honest. I think that people are realistic about the fact that, you know, these were all games that we needed to win just to be up if we were actually a serious team about playing finals. Yeah. But we're starting to do what we needed to do. And it does look a bit more like the preseason where we have this really quick ball movement, uh, locking the ball into the forward line. Um, a lot of potential goal kickers, and Tom McDonald up forward as the, as the weapon. Yeah, so this brings us to the first question of the podcast. How much is Tom McDonald worth? Yeah, it's a crazy question, isn't it? Um, I mean, for so long, he tormented us in defense with some of his decision-making and um, you know, just unbelievable errors at crucial moments, but he's become nearly our most important player. He actually, I would say that he, after Gorn... He's probably first picked in the team after Gorn. Well, I'd argue he's clearly the best contested mark in our forward line. There's no doubt about that. I've said this before. Jesse's a great player, but I don't think he's as great a contested mark as as, as McDonald is. But weirdly, McDonald is also like the most straight shooter out of every single one of our other forwards. Yeah. If you I, life the on most, the line. I honestly would want Tom McDonald kicking for my life. Do you think we're Which now, I never thought I would say. Do you think we're now developing a premiership spine of Oscar and Tom McDonald? Which, you know, no one would have really <laughs> thought that that would be the uh, the spine of our future premiership team. It's incredible. Two of the most maligned players on the list. I mean, what they both pick 53, three years Fif- apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 51, and I think. Tw- yeah. Incredible. Oh, 53, actually. Okay, well, we'll litigate that. But, I mean, no one would have seen this coming. No one. Yeah. No one at all, particularly me. But I think... You know, it's extraordinary. And kudos to Tom McDonald. I mean, I heard him say in an interview that he's, um, you know, they were sort of commenting on his goal-kicking prowess. And he sort of said, oh, you know, when you come off a low base, you know, I ended up practicing a lot. But it's it's extraordinary. He's like the Jack Gunston of our team. Yeah. 
He's very mobile. He's so quick. He's agile. He can do everything. And I have to admit, I was a little bit skeptical. I mean, I thought it might be something that worked for a few games last season, but might not hold up. It's looking pretty good now. And now you sort of understand, you really do understand why they traded Watts. Yeah. I mean, they're really just as a surplus. You know, we just wouldn't have needed him, right? I mean, but it, it all hinges upon Tom McDonald being staying fit and healthy and staying in the forward line, which, and the interesting you know, question is a big is, if still. If you're an opposition team, do you now put the best defender on Tom McDonald? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So yeah. we might have this bizarre contest of Tom McDonald versus Rants. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, because Hobart's playing so much further up the ground anyway right. that I don't think that they would put their best defender on him. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see that because one thing that does seem to happen quite a bit is that Tom McDonald has an enormous amount of space. Right. And in fairness, that could just be because he's got an incredible running capacity or whatever. Oh, definitely. But it doesn't look like other teams are putting an enormous amount of time into it. Yeah, but again, we also have to keep in mind the opposition, right? He mm. came back for the Essendon game. And then he he came back for the Essendon game, then we had the St Kilda game, then we had this game, the Gold Coast game. So, I mean, look, it would be really interesting seeing how he goes against, for example, Talia, yeah. which, you know, could be an interesting uh, matchup for him. I'm more interested in seeing how he goes against Liam Jones this week. Ah, uh, yes. Have thought, the former forward versus the former defender. It's yeah, just, interesting. What a ridiculous combination. It's but true. I think that matchup makes a lot the of sense. The two formerly maligned players who've now found their homes on the opposite ends of the ground. Yeah, incredible. So... We didn't really answer the question. Tom McDonald has increased his bargaining power dramatically. Considerably. He's, he honestly is going to get a huge pay packet this year. Yeah. And if he doesn't, the club is insane. And he's right to hold off on his contract. Completely. I mean, his, every game, his value goes up considerably. Completely. He's kicking five goals this week. Seriously. I mean, if he keeps this up, he's going to be, he'll be close to one of our most highly played players at the end of the season. Yeah, and you do start to worry a little bit about the cap because I don't think back in the day they were thinking Tom McDonald is going to be the one that explodes the cap. No, I don't think so either. And honestly, if we think about Oscar McDonald's salary, yeah. I mean, surprisingly, I, like let's be honest here. I mean, he's obviously not on the same money that Lever would be on, but yeah. he is entitled to a bit of a pay increase after this year's performances. Absolutely. He's a form defender of the comp, as we've said before. I don't know if I form defender of the comp, but he's a form defender at Melbourne. And so therefore, I mean, we'd be completely useless without him. Yeah. On another player who's maybe not the form player of the comp, uh, Neitz, you've been going on about this constantly, and I haven't even allowed it to be part of the podcast. I think it's a stupid topic. Because you're a corporate shill sometimes. You're just a club shill. A club shill. Yeah. Well, so the question I have for you, which is stupid, is, is Christian Petrarca overrated? I'm not. Okay, here's what I would say. I didn't say he was overrated. I said that there was a lot of hype about Petrarca's uh, preseason. And there was a lot of hype about him sort of exploding during games this year. And I haven't seen any explosions. And granted, I appreciate that he was getting his like finger potentially amputated and all that type of stuff. But I'm just saying that in terms of his output, it hasn't been what, you know, the, the pre, it didn't match the preseason hype. Look, he doesn't, definitely hasn't been dominant, but he's still averaging 21 possessions a game. He's had a couple of quiet games, like, you know, 19 disposals. His goal kicking hasn't been great. Yeah. I think the only main difference from last year is his set shots haven't been as good as they were before. Right. And I think if he just shot a little bit better, his year would look a lot better. And right. This, and he could still very easily explode later in the year. I'm not saying that he won't explode later in the year, You've Kieran. been throwing overrated just, around. No, I did not throw over. I just, I, I threw around... You know, you don't want someone to be all sizzle, no steak, now do you? And so I'm just saying that right now there's a lot of sizzle, but I'm just not seeing much steak. Yeah. In comparison to the preseason hype, where everyone was saying that, you know, he'd shaved time off his PB, 
um, that this was going to be really the season that he was going to completely assert himself as one of the dominant players at Melbourne. And I just haven't seen that yet. I will say one thing. Do you think he looks a tiny bit too big? What are you, is like it... fat shaming him? <laughs> Jesus, Kieran. Well, he's a big guy and he just sometimes looks like he's lumbering a little bit. It's like Chris Dawes before he went on that okay, all-protein diet or whatever. incredibly harsh. Now if you want to talk about being harsh. No, but I will say he does look a little bit slower than I remember from last year. I don't know if I'm, I'm imagining it. Anyone else who's keenly observing his physique, just write into the podcast. But Okay, we'll move on from that. Well, I don't know. I just think that you suggesting that he goes to Jenny Craig is like <laughs> not going to do wonders for our ratings on this podcast. Hey, you're the one who's trying to criticize him. I'm just saying, look, I think he's still a very solid contributor. One thing that's probably a bit different is he's not quite as damaging. And it's not just hitting the scoreboard. It's I also his, don't it's think his goal assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not necessarily creating quite as much as I think he was last year. But I don't think he's been significantly worse. I think he's maybe slightly down on last year. But that's not what the standard was. The standard was this was meant to be the year where but he was going to like completely... That standard might never be matched. The standard is essentially he's got to be the best Melbourne player of all time. No, within that's the next not really. I don't that's think what that's what the, what the pre... expect. Uh, right, well, that's what you expect. I don't think that's what the preseason hype was. I think the preseason hype was, you know, he was going to push into the midfield. He was going to have a real yeah. role in racking up possessions. Which he hasn't really been doing. Which he hasn't been doing. So I'm just wondering... That's probably the coach's fault. Well, yeah, but I'm wondering, like, has his, you know, in comparison to the preseason hype... Has his output been slightly overrated? Okay. Well, write into uh, Deluded on our Facebook page if you disagree with Nita taking pot shots at one of the greatest talents I've ever seen. Um, you fat shamed him. <laughs> Needs, let's turn to another question about this year. Who's your biggest surprise of this year and who's your biggest disappointment? We're now in, long enough into the season to make some assessments. So nearly halfway at the halfway point. So I would say that my biggest surprise would actually be Angus Brayshaw. So I obviously yeah. love Gus Brayshaw, yeah. but... You've been harping on about him pretty much every week. It's true. Well, you know what? The fans got li- sick and tired of listening to your pet evangelism. So that's oh. why they were like... We'll be talking about pets. They soon. were interested in my Gus evangelism. But what I would say is that um, in terms of Brayshaw, I'm really impressed and surprised by how he's managed to turn his form around, right? Like, this is a guy who started the team out of the... out of Who started in the VFL. And quite frankly, I thought that with the way he was tracking... I mean, I thought they were going to probably... And, and the sort of commentary saying that he had, like, poor training habits and poor work habits, which was quite surprising. But, mm. you know, I thought maybe they were going to think about trading him at the end of the year. It just... It sounded like that was the sort of um, trajectory he was going to go down. But, you know, I'm really impressed and really surprised by how much he's sort of managed to... Um, sort of pull his season together and, and end up being over the past three weeks one of our best. Yeah, it's brilliant. And our midfield is now shaping up brilliantly. With really, Marnie really well. Back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Completely. And so that was a real surprise to me. I, I, I thought that, you know, this was going to be a sort of the the road to nowhere for him. Yeah. Okay. And your biggest disappointment? You know, I hate to say it, but I think that Tyson actually, just based on the preseason hype, again, maybe I listened to too many preseason reports, but... You know, it sounded as if he'd been really strong and that he was, you know, was kicking really well. And I just don't think that... I, I just wonder how much he's improved since last year. And I wonder where he fits in in our midfield right now. See, I just think he's been solid. I, I don't think he's been great, but I don't think he's been poor. He, he just his disposal he hasn't been great. To me, Tyson's an interesting one. I don't think he's really improved all that much in the last few years. Because you remember his, was it his first or his second injured. season? He got injured after like last year, right? So there was something, he had like a bit of a derailed preseason last year, if I remember correctly. Right. But was it his first or his second season where he had some real standout dominant It was games? his first year. 
And in fairness, we were pretty bad that year. We were terrible. We had no one who was even like racking up the ball at all. But he was pretty close to our best player. I think he got the highest number of Brownlow votes that yeah, year. Yeah, he did. Of any Melbourne he player. actually got like the same number of his Brownlow's votes that year as like Scott Pendlebury. Like he yeah. performed really well. Yeah. And I think he's been really solid. I don't think he's been poor, but his kicking hasn't quite gotten to the level it's looked like it might get to, like last year. Um, he still makes mistakes. He still gets caught holding the ball. Yeah. But maybe we need to be comfortable with the fact that Tyson's going to be a solid midfielder. We've got a lot of star midfielders in the works. I mean, if he's a solid contributor, rotates in, does some good yeah, things. Yeah, but sometimes he's just causing harm. That's the problem. I mean, some of the decisions, even on the weekend, were just a bit baffling, really. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's very solid. I think he clearly gets picked every week. Even with Viney coming in, I think Tyson's pretty safe. I th- No, I'm not saying he gets dropped. I'm just saying he's probably a little bit of a disappointment for me. I thought, yeah. that, I thought that with this team coming together... Um, and the fact that he was sort of injury-free during the preseason. I don't know. I thought maybe he'd be able to, like, this, this. I thought this would be, like, a really formidable midfield where, you know, his kicking improves and, you know, everything's working perfectly, right? I mean, I think, honestly, Tyson is an inside player that looks like an outside player. Yeah. He kind of has a slick-moving thing and yeah. this left-footed kick or whatever, but he's ultimately he's a not an am- just, he's, he's a bit of a rooster, but he's not an amazing kick. He's just an inside guy. Yeah. Uh, and maybe some of the other inside guys are getting ahead of him a little bit. Right. Um but yeah, so my surprise, I mean, there's clearly a correct answer to this, which is Oscar McDonald. We've already covered that. My disappointment, I think, has to be the nibbler. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, we went very hard on him in the preseason. Oh, we thought he was going to have a, an absolute cracker of a year because yeah. he was playing so well. But yeah, it has been a little bit of a disappointment for me. Also, actually, another disappointment. God, I should stop just like reeling him off here. But I think milkshakes. Mm. I thought milkshakes would perform a bit better. And I think He's particularly had a couple of really with his set shots, I just thought he's... You know, he's such a good field kick. I just thought he would be like our dead eye, yeah. you know, for the entire... I, I thought he'd be like our real Mr. Reliable in terms of set shots for the year. But he's been a bit disappointing for me. Yeah. He's had a few flat games, but he was also brilliant against... Um, was it I think it was against Essendon, actually. Essendon, yeah. Yeah, with his field kicking. But some yeah. of his set shots, I just... I really thought that that would be... You know, he'd just be elite when in, that, in that area. But yeah. I don't think it's happened yet. Yeah. Well, we'll post that question on our Facebook page and read out some of the results for your uh, disapp- most disappointed and biggest surprise. Um, let's turn now to the Rowan Bale Award for underrated performance from that dominant victory in Rowan Bale's hometown, nonetheless. Uh, Nitz, is he from... I don't think he's from... He's a Queensland boy from Mount Gravatt, in fact. I don't know where that is relative to Have Brisbane. Have stalked him? <laughs> is, is Rowan I'm just Bale... recycling the three pieces of information I know about Rowan Bale. Okay, I'm always like... Do you think Rowan Bale one day like is going to wake up and see you like hovering over the like his bed in this really creepy way? That's a bit creepy. I'm sure he listens to us though. I'm sure he does. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any other podcast with a segment with his name on it. Probably it's not. Unlikely. Um, Neats, the award for this week. Yeah, I think the award has to go to um, JLT Time, otherwise known as Jordan Lewis. Well, he's been a real surprise this year for me. Um, I thought the game was probably move, moving past him a little bit. Yeah, he was great. Um, but just not just this week, but this season, maybe with the exception of the game where he broke his hand or whatever, he's been pretty good. Yeah. I also just thought he's just so clean. His disposals, yeah. his kicking was just so genius. So precise. Genius. Such good kicks. Yeah. And maybe part of it comes with just having a broader spread of defenders that kind of know their role. Yeah. I think maybe last year there was a little bit too much for him to do. It's almost like he had to be the quarterback. He had to get a lot of the ball. This year, it's more like he's just going to there to clean up the odd mess. 
use the ball well, but yeah. I don't think there's that much pressure on him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I kind of think that's the same for Bernie Vince. Yeah. I really think that Bernie's Vince is kind of just role has just become to be the good kick out dude. Yeah. And he's been very solid. His yeah. kicking's been better. I mean, it's I think really he, he might have messed one up last week, but this year he's been a lot better than he was in the previous couple yeah, of years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Nitz, let's turn to the Carlton game, which is the fourth in our um, quadrant of hopeful certain wins. Yeah. Um, what are the ins and outs here? So, I mean, obviously Viney's going to come back in as Viney declared himself 150% fit. <laughs> I loved his like post-interview conference. Will you be playing next week? 100%. Yeah. No doubt. No, 100%. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get in his way. No, God, no. Um, so I think that Viney will definitely come in and it's it's interesting who to think that they'll put out, who, who they'll leave out. Um, I think maybe A and B. Yeah, I mean, A and B clearly played his best game of the season. But it was this loose, unaccountable game against Goldberg. And he still missed like three shots on goal or something, or two shots on yeah, goal. Yeah, he missed one shocker from 15 metres. Yeah, absolutely. He did some nice things, but I think if you're being fair to the team across the season, he's been the weakest member. I know, but the problem is, is the, the coaches are just so obsessed with him. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to drop him. And I he just, runs a lot. And he runs a lot. I actually think they would rather find like anyone. I feel like, honestly, this is going to sound stupid, but I honestly think that they would more likely to drop harms even after harms got 33 disposals than a and b oh, there's no way they're going to drop harms no of course not there's no way they're going to drop harms after that but i just feel like they'll find a way to find somebody else to drop yeah i mean look there are some they're other so poss- infatuated with him there are some other possibilities they could drop um tyson which i think is unlikely which, but they could surely not they could drop milkshakes they could drop Spargo. Yeah, well, Spargo, I could see them doing that. Yeah. But then if they drop Spargo, I mean, Viney and Spargo aren't exactly like for like. No, no. I, I mean, I think I think you drop A and B. You have to drop A and B. Um, and then the question is, do we make any other changes? Um, look, you think I always harp on this on this topic, but the weed clearly does some nice things every week. And one thing I will say is, I think his ruck work looked better this week than any other week. Um, he looked pretty good. My concern is he's still only got six possessions. Yeah, it's not enough. And admittedly, I think he might have had a couple of assists. He did some nice... Yeah, nice, he did. He nice had a couple of good pieces. assists. But six possessions in a game when we have 83 inside yeah, 50s? That's, that's ridiculous. It's that's a concern. Insane. And I'm not going to do my usual ped lobbying. He had 20 disposals and a goal. Three times the output in a way. But look, I'm not going to go into that. In the VFL, Kieran. Whatever. Um... Garlet, I don't think, did all that much. No, Garlet kicked only Just one kicked goal, a goal in the VFL. I'm not sure what's going on with Garlet. Then there's Bug. There's Bug. <laughs> Timed his run perfectly in a way. <laughs> 20 disposals and four goals. I mean, do you think they'll put him in? They could substitute Spargo for him. Yeah, they could substitute Spargo. And then there's Tim Smith, who's always floating around. Do you know what? I kind of don't mind Tim Smith. I, yeah. I would rather give him a go than Bug. Well, okay, but the question is, rather than weed, is that that's yeah, really the question? Yeah, it's hard to know. It's really hard to know. I don't know. Do you just keep playing weed? I mean, I look, I do like the symbolism of bringing Garlic back against Carlton. I understand he's not in great form, but he was amazing last year against Carlton. And I like this constant theme of ex-Carlton players destroying Carlton. I mean, that, that's a very romantic theme for everyone, Kieran, but I don't think that that's... Uh necessarily helpful to our cause i don't think they'll bring back garlic i just don't think they have enough of a basis to do it the team's playing too well to sort of bring back people for charity you know games so you think just money for andy yeah probably yeah i think so i mean i think they might drop spargo i don't think i really hope they don't though i like him i want to give him another go spargo's been handy it's and he's not really doing anything wrong no and he's kicking goals at least he converts like unlike the rest of them yeah I, I would personally be comfortable dropping weed for Smith to give Smith a bit of an opportunity. Yeah. Um, to make a bit more of an impact. But then I don't know what happens in the second ruck position. 
Well, I mean, Tom McDonald can do it. Um, Tom McDonald Tim was Smith, like our... Tim Smith, I think, might have done it a couple of times really? when he played. Yeah. There you go. Um, and I mean, there's always the pad if you want to just solve all the problems. Anyway, continuing. <laughs> Um, but that's it for this week's episode of Deluded. Oh, we haven't got a prediction. What do you think? Oh, uh, I think we'll win. I, you know, I've got a bit of faith. I, um, I think we'll You've get up. You've got the faith that we'll beat Carlton. Yeah. It's, look, trust me, my faith has waned and waxed over the years. Um, but I think we'll win. I have to say, it's very good that, um, Ed Kerner is probably going to get suspended for touching an umpire. Mm, that's the linchpin to our success. Yeah, exactly. Ed, Ed Kerner, Kerner being getting, out. <laughs> well, it's just nice to know, because otherwise he would have gone straight to Oliver. And right. Oliver isn't best at handling a tag you have to say i mean he's only had a couple of chances but yeah he is a taggable player he's a taggable player at the moment so it's it's kind of good that he won't be going to um to to oliver that being said i mean apparently it's the return of mark murphy and caleb marchback which doesn't make me that happy but you know yeah i I just think carlton is a team that does play quite well against us i do think so as well i think it's because they know that we're not that good yeah and they know they can pip us. And they're a pretty good defensive team. I just think it's a huge factor this year that they don't have Gibbs. Yeah. I think Gibbs was quite crucial to them because he's this elite player that can really carve us up. And yeah, he definitely. always plays well against us. Yeah. Without Gibbs, I just don't think they quite have the talent. I mean, they've got Cripps. You know, Kerner might do something. I don't think they've got enough depth to beat us, particularly with Viney coming back. Yeah, I agree. Viney's going to be mad and raring to go. So yeah. um, it, should be a, it should be a really good game. But I, th- I think we will get up. I um. I agree. I think our midfield is looking really good at the moment. Yeah. And so, I mean, the midfield is basically like Viney, Brayshaw, Oliver, you know, Gorn versus like a combo of Cripps and Cruiser. Exactly. Exactly. And I think one Which huge... Which is a very good combination, don't get me wrong. It but... is. And a huge matchup will actually be Gorn against Cruiser because yeah. Cruiser has beaten Gorn before. Yeah. I think one of the few Ruckman, just because he's got great running capacity. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I think we'll win. I think we'll win by about um, 20 points. I don't think we'll destroy them, but we'll get the job done. I don't think we'll destroy them either. Yeah, I would say 15 to 20 points. Okay. Well, thanks for joining this week's Deluded. Three in a row. Life's going well. Um, please... We're much happier people now. Exactly. Please follow our Facebook page. Um, join us on Twitter. And we'll see you next week. Go Dees. Go Dees.